everyone. Welcome to another episode of Checked Out. Um, we are continuing our reading challenge here. Uh, Jenny is out this week, but joining me uh, this week to talk about mystery books are April. Hi. And, and Jennifer. Hello. Uh, so we are going to go ahead and just jump right in. I will say right off the bat, mystery is not really my genre. I don't have anything against <laughs> it. It's just not typically what I read. Um, I've read the more popular things. Uh, so we're going to kind of Leave it up to April and Jennifer this week to kind of guide us through. Oh, well, we are happy to. Jennifer yes. and I are both avid mystery readers mm-hmm. to the point that we started our own murder mystery book club here at Northside. Feel free to join us at Who Done It on yes. the last Tuesday of the month. And um, that's his plug. Yep, that's <laughs> our plug, our shameless plug. It was good, it was really natural. <laughs> start right <laughs> in, there. in there. Yeah, it's, like, it's great. Come to our wonderful, amazing <laughs> book club. Yeah. <laughs> But so first, uh, just kind of to talk about what mysteries are, mysteries typically are books that revolve around some sort of crime that occurs and then trying to solve the crime. Now, the vast majority of mysteries seem to go, uh, seem to have to do with murders, but they don't all have to. Uh, Some are are robberies or kidnappings or other criminal acts. Or you might have all those happen in one book. You might. Um, I prefer the ones where like 17 people end up dying before they finally are like, wait, something's happening. Hold on a second Wait a minute. It was a dark and stormy night. Yeah. Someone's going to die. (laughs) Always. Always. If it ever has dark and stormy, run the other way. Yep. Uh, so uh, I thought I'd talk about m- some of my favorite murder mysteries. Um, the Probably my all-time favorite murder mystery, I'm going to go way back to long before any of us were born, <laughs> to the magic of Agatha Christie, who kind of put mysteries on the map. She made them super mainstream, made them really accessible for people. They were paperbacks that you could just pick up at the train station, and people loved them. And yes. my favorite one is And Then There Were None. It's a complete standalone novel. It's chilling. It's it has creepy nursery rhymes, and people just keep dying, and they keep dying, and you <laughs> and have no on an idea. Isolated island. Yes. Right. So like, <laughs> they're the only people on the island. So it's it's, it's got to be one of them, right? It's, well, unless well, someone's on the island. That's right? what's so crazy about it is that it takes you all the way to the very end before you're like. Oh, and I won't ruin it for you if you've not read it. We will not say anything else about it. But it is considered one of Agatha Christie's masterpiece stories. It really, and if you haven't read it, please do because it's awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So that's probably my favorite. You know, I've read it probably seven times in my life. I mean, and I don't reread books very much, but that one is so good. It's worth reading. Even though I know how it ends, I still am like, wow. (laughs) You're still like, no, (laughs) go That's the best kind of writing is something that you can go back to over and over again and just keep finding new things. It is Well, and with mysteries, once you've solved it, you generally don't really want to reread. Yeah, um, right. You know, maybe once to see something that you missed, but hers are really great at, at there's always something new, trying to figure it out, because all the clues are there, but I never find them on the first <laughs> go through. I do think that with Agatha Christie, I think she really was thinking out how not to let you know who did it until she wanted you to know who did it. Yes. And and she's very good (laughs) at that, where I think sometimes you read other stuff and you're like, "Mm, I know who did it. Um, And I feel like those books, those are fine, but I think that she really knew how to really make the plot work 
and figure out all the characters and have them all work so seamlessly together that she told such a great story and a really good mystery. So well, she's she, fantastic at that. She never cheated you. Like it was always oh, yeah. one of those things where all of the bits and pieces worked of the evidence were there if you were paying attention. You could have found them. You didn't, but you could have. Like, she didn't just (laughs) all of a sudden be like, oh, and actually it was the neighbor that I've never introduced you to at all. And you're like, no. Have you ever watched the episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda does the mystery theater in the restaurant? No. (laughs) That reminded me of that. Is that how it turns out at the end? It's like, and here's something you had no idea was happening. Oh, I do remember that (laughs) episode. (laughs) You were saying that. It just just reminded me of that. She's obsessed with mystery dinner theaters at the end of her mystery to her. like, surprise, it was me. And they're just like, that's not a mystery. That's just a lie. Yeah. You're just lying to us. <laughs> you said that you didn't do it at the beginning. Um, that's one of the things that really gets me about mysteries is just how complex um, the, the writing has to be. Yes. Um, I, it's one of those things where maybe that's why I don't read them that often is because they make me feel dumb when I read them. So I'm just like, you have to be so smart to write a good mystery. You have to ha- like have everything planned out and you have to plant all these different seeds and Absolutely. clues. And, and enough red herring so that yeah, it's not yeah. super obvious, but nothing that's an actual, you can't, re- you're not allowed to lie to your reader. Exactly. No. Um, one of the things that I think about is the British mysteries have, there's something about, especially the older ones, have this ability to really give you all the clues. But they're really good at, like, making you look the other way, you know. Yes. Um, so, and I also think it's their writing style. I know the mystery writers of the 30s and the 40s used to do something what they call round robin, where a lot of times they would take a story and they would pass it to another writer and then they would try to build on. And oh, I think gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that so, would be horrifying. Sounds like a game of telephone, like you used to play camera. Yes, or you got to think it's not like they were, like, had access to, like, the internet mm. or, you know. So, I mean... They're, they were really able to really, really get their craft down, I think. Yeah. So that's a really good thing. Well, it's funny that you mentioned British writers. One of my favorite modern-day writers is also British, just random, just picked up a book one day and loved it. Uh, her name is Ellie Griffiths, and mm-hmm. she writes the Ruth Galloway mystery series, which are sort of cozy, but it's a mix of cozy with a bit of police procedural because the main character, Ruth, is a forensic archaeologist. She works in a college, but she gets called out all the time to look at human remains To because in England, everything is ancient. I mean, every time they dig up a building, there's some ancient Roman right. site underneath sure. it, and they have to stop and look. But sometimes it turns out to be a more fresh kind of bones, and she ends up working with um, the local police to kind of solve it. And it's it's a great series. She's a fun, strange character who's always complaining about being overweight, and I just love her for complaining about it all the time <laughs> and being like, I've gained, like, two stone, and I have no idea how much a stone is. That's but I can feel it. Like, yeah, I feel you. She's like, I just need to lose, like, you know, three stone. And and she <laughs> complains you know, like about how her hair is, you know, being all limp, and she'll be, you know... Wandering around with her best friend who's hot. And, I mean, she's real in a way. It sounds like if Bridget Jones were a forensic scientist. And (laughs) and so it's funny, and she has these crazy real-life problems where she accidentally sleeps with the policeman and accidentally has a baby, and it's just crazy. Also, she has cats. I mean, it's just a good time. What could you not love And then there's a great, well-thought-out murder mystery going on. And... Most of them, I'm really surprised. I don't catch all the clues, and I I love that. Do you know? 
Can you recall what the first book was? The first one is The Crossing Places. In case any of our listeners want to It's really to, uh, good. Totally it read them. Some of my favorite series. I, it's one of the few book, uh, few books that I will buy the hard copy of to own. Yeah. Because I'm like, I need all of them in a perfect line. High praise from someone who works in a library. That's right. I do not buy <laughs> yeah, a lot of just, books anymore. Yeah. I can just get them here. Exactly. Yeah, why would you buy books? <laughs> so, so you threw out at the beginning of your description of this one, cozy. Can you talk a little bit about what co- the difference between yeah. a cozy and a police procedural and all the different kinds of sure. mysteries Sure, so are? there are several kinds of mysteries. Cozies tend to be... Um, they don't usually have main characters that are police detectives. They don't include a whole lot of the the hard, gritty kind of details that you get from murder scenes. It's not a Amateur lot about sleuths. the forensics. It, they tend to be, you know, the, the cozy baker who just happens to constantly stumble across dead people. Um, <laughs> another you series they would yeah. move away from that person? Another series <laughs> that I love that is super cozy is the Bibliophile series by Kate Carlisle. And the main character is this lady who restores old books, you know, helps clean them up or rebinds them. And she's constantly stumbling over dead bodies. And she actually admits it. Like in books, she's like, why? Why am I always tripping over all these dead? Every time I go to a conference, dead body. Go to a shop, dead body. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank like, you for being like honest. that never gets addressed, right? In the story. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, really? <laughs> Are you that, do you have that bad luck that you can find these bodies? But so, that's yeah. part of it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, that's part of a cozy. And they kind of go across the gamut because you have sweet cozies that ha- include recipes or that have magical cats or. <laughs> Which I'm going to talk about. That you was know, one of my yeah. grandmother's favorite series, the Peaky Pie book. Is that what they're called? Pe- or Sneaky Pie. Sneaky, Sneaky Pie. Yes. <laughs> Pinkie Pie, yes, I think, might yes. be a My Little Pony. Yes. Sneaky <laughs> Pie, the, the cat who solves mystery. The cat who solves mystery. Yes, my grandmother loved those. I think that she owned every single one. Um, and, I mean, yeah. I get it. I love cats. I love when there's a cat in the books that helps magically solve the mystery. There's Cute. a series that I read where the cat, like, touches, will knock a book off of the shelf, and it will somehow pertain to the solution. Just, you know, it's crazy. But they're, they're sweet. They're adorable. They're, they're not dark which is great when you want a nice light read and maybe yes. not nightmares. There are <laughs> a lot of mysteries lot of out blood. there right now who can, that can get really, really yeah. dark. No, and <laughs> yes, and we've, we've read a few of them in our book club, that, and then we've read some that were just, you know. Lauren yeah. Bukes is one that I've read some of her uh, stuff, and her stuff can get very, very terrible. Karen Slaughter. Um, Karen Slaughter. Yes. Um, the yeah. entire Nordic Noir series is yes. like the Stieg Larsson and the Camilla Those are really dark. Laxon, I don't remember. I think it's Laxon. It's really But yeah. they're, they're very dark. The settings are dark. It's very gritty. They're creepy. Yeah, A lot of blood, usually, somewhere involved. And cozies are on the other end of the spectrum. And they're completely other end of the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, they're like pancakes. Yeah, you come away with a cake recipe at the end. Yeah, and at the end, here's some maple syrup. Yeah. (laughs) I always appreciate a good recipe at the end of those. I do, too. It's nice. It's nice. But then, so, so you also have, like, police procedurals where it's mostly a police officer, um, detectives that are solving the crimes. One of my favorites is Tana French. No, um, very good. She writes a series called The Dublin Murder Squad, and each book ha- kind of highlights one of the detectives from the squad and kind of their own personal drama is happening in the context of this greater case, but you get all the bits and pieces that you would expect from, like, a, like a law and order. Like, you get... Here's oh, yeah, here's the forensics, true. here's kind of the crime scene, here's how this information comes in, they set up a tip line and they get a bunch of stupid crap. So you get all the false leads. I mean, it's it feels like what you would think a police investigation would be like. 
Yeah. So, you know. And they're, they're really well written, too. They're I have great. to say, they're very well written. <laughs> I, Tana I French is one of those authors that you always hear a lot about. Um, she, I feel like any time a new yeah. Tana French book comes out, it's just like, oh, yeah. I'm well, really yeah. excited. That's me, but. <laughs> yeah. It's actually there's my a favorite. There's a lot of people who love her. Yeah. 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 She's super popular. Well, and she's she's different. She doesn't have, like, a main character in all of her series. They kind of mm-hmm. tag team off each other. So she'll have a main detective and then, like, a minor detective character in the book that becomes the main detective character character in the next book. Oh, that's a, a very fun, like, romance. different minor character. That's, a, like, a really yeah. common romance novel thing where in series they have the heroine and the hero and then, like, one of her best friends. Yeah. Right. In the next book, she's she the main very, character. Yeah. It's very common in romance novels. Well, it's really interesting. That's how Tana French mostly writes her books. Huh. So. What what a cool idea, I mean, to, like, take that idea and explore so much more with these characters. Yeah. I think with the Tana French books, I think a lot of the... We, we read one of her books in the book club, and one of the things I kind of got from listening to our people who come to our book club was like they want to know what happened like they want to know more what happened to the first guy or whatever you know I I never write authors because they're not going to reply it's fine (laughs) but when I read the first 10 of French book I was so upset that I didn't get kind of like a a conclusion Mm -hmm. to part of the storyline that I was I sent like five emails I got nothing back I'm still waiting please email April back I just need a little bit of conclusion just a smidge (laughs) please help her (laughs) it's so good (laughs) we love you Tana French if you're listening please please please. respond to April's emails please please Uh, so one of the things we were just talking about cozy and we'll throw this out yeah. is uh, the Murder She Wrote series. I um, loved that TV show. Did if you, you love the it? TV show, I've if you watched it, oh no! I told you guys, mystery is just not I one know, of those things I seek out. I need to. I would love to. I like. I, I like um, Jessica. Jess- yes, um, I, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, she's she's a delightful lady, and it's just one of those things that you always hear about it, and it's a classic. And I'm just like, I've never. Well, they're still writing them. Um, <laughs> And there's a new one coming out, but what I wanted to talk about was Donald Bain, who wrote 40 of the murder she wrote, passed away last year. And so the publishing company had to decide what they were going to do. He was in bad health, and they now have a, do- a new writer named John Land, who writes thrillers, who's taken over. And his first book, called Manuscript for Murder, is going to be the first one of his take of Jessica Fletcher. So I am super excited. So it hasn't come out yet. It, I believe it is out now. Oh, okay. I have not had a chance to read it. So it's going to be more of a thrillerized version of the cozy Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> yes, he's going to add some thrill to it. Um, he's going to keep Jessica Fletcher as she is, but he's going to put her in some danger this time. Yeah. Because interesting. Yeah, where she's not. She, you know, she has her scrapes, but could be a little more dangerous for Jessica Fletcher in these. She's someone that I always wanted in the TV show because I I grew up watching it with my dad. Well, that is who it is. I I, mean, you got to know that when you read it, you see it in the landscape. Yeah. Well, but I mean, she was one of those characters that I I needed her to be like, man, I keep finding an awful lot of dead bodies. (laughs) And all of my nieces and nephews either are accused of being killers or, (laughs) you know, kidnapped or, you know, every time. Yeah. And going... Yeah, there is. In that. a town that has maybe 200 people in it. Well, that's the reason <laughs> you why. Think you think they'd run out of people. You, I mean, <laughs> that's why they never kept her always in Cabaco. Well, I know, but still. <laughs> those were the best episodes. Watch out, New York. <laughs> 
So is is Murder She Wrote? Is it is it considered a cozy? Since yes. She's just like an ordinary she's lady. A, she's a she's because, a retired English teacher. Yeah. Because she's an amateur sleuth. <laughs> okay. She mm-hmm. is not a detective. She doesn't work for the police department. But um, I will say this. Um, I think it's awesome that these books are still out because I would be really sad when I heard Donald Bain talk. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh no, please keep writing them. So I'm very glad. So I just want to throw that out. That was very excited. <laughs> you know, I hope and, it lives up. Yeah, well, I, I do too. So supposedly he's going to introduce us to her as uh, give us more backstory of Jessica Fletcher when she first started out. Especially manuscript for murder, which I believe is going to be her very first crime that she ever solved. Interesting. Wow. Yes. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> As you can already tell. <laughs> so another thing I wanted to talk about was one of my favorite series, which is the uh, Flavia de Luz series by Alan Bradley. Uh, the first one was called Sweetness from the Bottom of the Pie, which she's an 11-year-old who is uh, in England in 1950s when, when the series first starts, um, living in a, a rundown big mansion with two sisters who are awful to her. <laughs> uh, and she's got a scientific mind and has her own lab in her, I believe, at the top of her house. So, I mean, she's fun. It's, it's one of those series where there's no, not a lot of violence. It's very cozy. Um... I think for some people, and they might think, well, this is a kid's series. It's not at all. She's just 11, and she's super smart. She's a very precocious child. I did. Very, I read that one. I yeah. I think it's a great series. I love it so much, I, I and I'm glad that Ellen Bradley is still writing them, and I think I'll never get tired of her. I mean, <laughs> so, she's going to get older pretty soon, say, and does I'm she, like, does she, I didn't read yes, the first one. Does she age as yes. the series she's, goes on? When it starts, she's 11. I think right now she might be 13. Oh, that's but a, a lot has happened to her in a couple years. It's a, it's a, a, a hard time, 13. <laughs> I know. I'm like, unlucky number 13 for poor Flavia to lose. <laughs> but it's a great series. And, and um, if you're looking for something that is not gory at all, I mean, there's a lot of poisons in it. Because that's her deal. She really loves poison. I feel like poison. everyone died from poisons from, like, the the early 1900s up to, like, the 60s. And then yes. suddenly they're like, mm, maybe maybe not poison anymore. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> very I mean, true. I, I feel like it was, like, arsenic over here and cyanide over here. Well, maybe for, like, a cozy mystery, it's a nice, just, like, neat and bloodless way to have is. bodies in, in a cozy. Where it's just like, oh, here's just... Yeah, a dead body. And don't don't worry about any sort of crime scene. It's just a body. It's don't like worry it's about just, it. It's fun. I think that that might have something to do with it, maybe. Yeah, it's <laughs> a like, little better for a no squeamish blood person. Over here. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> if you're squeamish, don't have to worry too much about it. <laughs> just walk in. Oh, dead body. Is it poison? Let me see. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I always love the amount of screaming that happens in books when they find dead bodies. I know. It's so there's like. And TV shows, you know, they always scream. <laughs> right? Yes. But I, I don't think you really do. I think you're just like, oh, hey, oh, oh, you're not alive anymore. Uh, I should call somebody. Help. Help. <laughs> especially, I guess, especially in the old books, you know, like, well, you just yell out the window, hey, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it actually, it reminds me of a podcast that I listened to, I think it was last year. It was just like a one-season kind of standalone podcast that was set like an old radio show. Ooh, oh, it's called It's called Deadly Manners. Oh, yes, that was great. And it had uh, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. And... Uh, RuPaul. Yeah. 
Uh, who a lot of celebrities. A, it's just a random, but it's a funny, I mean, it's hilarious. Was it fictionalized? It was like a story that someone had written and they were just yes. acting it out? Yes. I'm, I don't know. I just yes, knew it as a podcast. It is started off as, well, I think, I want to say they did a play version of this, but oh, okay. I'm not completely sure of that. We'll have to check on that. But it was like if you liked the board game Clue. Or you ever watched the movie Clue? Which is the best movie. Which is I was going to say, if we were going to transition into multimedia stuff, Clue is one of my yeah. all-time favorite movies. It is my favorite it's movie. So we talk, I we love it love so much. <laughs> if you've never watched Clue, you have, to, oh you have to watch Clue. And you have to get the version that has the true ending on it. Yeah, um, all the, but I like all the endings. All the endings are very funny, but um, so I have the DVD version, and you can, like, whenever it was initially released in movie theaters, they, they sent random endings to yes, different yes, theaters, and they didn't true. have the true ending on it. So you can watch it with all the different endings on my DVD version, yep. and then there's the true ending, which is, like, they run through all of the different ones, um, and it's really, really clever. It's such a good, just, like... I, I still laugh every yes, time I watch it. And it's funny. <laughs> it's extremely funny, and you think a movie based on a board game, like, you think of, like... <laughs> Battleship that came out a few years ago. And uh, it's like, oh, don't worry about that. Clue was so, so good. It's got Michael McKenna. It's got, uh, it's got Listening Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Oh my gosh. It's Eileen Brennan. So, so funny. Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn is oh, amazing in it. I love her. I'm not sure if there's anybody in the United States who hasn't seen Clue at this point. No, I mean, I, feel I, like it's pretty iconic, I come but. across people because it, it was a total flop in theaters. It was, yeah. No one liked it. They thought it was terrible. Which I don't understand that. And they were wrong. Yes. It's it's <laughs> Very it's one wrong. of those movies I think that really found a new life, like whenever it came to to people's homes. Um, yes. It's definitely, I think, would be considered a cult classic. It's just a I delight. I definitely think that's true. Yeah. I, I think it's a fantastic, lovely, fun. Everything about it is awesome movie. Yes. Well, and I can still quote lines from. Oh, the I know. Same. My I husband and I often are just like, "Why did the car stop?" It's frightened. <laughs> it's frightened. That's my favorite line. <laughs> my favorite is Madeline Gunn going flames, 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 flames. Fire, fiery flames <laughs> coming out of my head. Just flames. The side of my face. So good. Yeah. I, and I, it doesn't surprise me that both of you love that because I feel like if you like mysteries, then Clue is kind of like your touchstone. Like, it's yes. the movie. Well, right. And on my DVD version, you can choose to have it select an ending it randomly. Yes, yes. So you have no idea which way it's going to end. Yeah, like, oh, too. which one is it? It's so fun. I see, it's still fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and as it's one of those things where it's just like, even though it is technically a mystery, and it's, it's so rewatchable. And like, you, you can kind of like look for things that you know that happen yeah it's really really fun yes <coughs> and you can look for Jane Whelan who's the you know the girl oh yeah the, the singing telegram girl Sing, yeah from the Go-Go's it's true I always forget singing that she came telegram, here telegram boom yeah. you just hear the bang and it's like wow well I always loved um, the, the cook yes because oh. she was in MASH like she was in the TV oh, series really? MASH Forever and ever. And so, like, the first time I watched the movie, I was like, I know who that is. I could not tell you her name to save my life right now. Yeah. But I was like, she was in MASH. <laughs> she funny? played a nurse on MASH. That's really oh, that's funny. right. I totally forgot about that. Clues delightful. It's really, really good. So, do we have any other favorite mystery movies? What are some really good mm. ones? Um, I really enjoy Gosford Park. It's kind of set in <gasps> oh, like a that movie. It's is... set at, in an English manor, and it's a little bit upstairs, downstairs, because you kind of have like the the aristocracy, but you also have the help kind of running around, and it's a bit bananas. So, I mean, it's it not. It's a fantastic. Movie. Is Dumbledore in that? Is Michael Gambon in that movie? Yes, he is. Okay, I was He's the one he was. that gets. 
I won't say. <laughs> he doesn't make it. <laughs> something something not nice might happen to Michael Gambon. Something Gammon terrible happens to Michael Gambon. I was movie. thinking he was in that. It's a great movie. It, this the look at it mm. is visually yes. stunning and beautiful. Well, and it to me it's it's kind of like you take uh, a Downton Abbey. Yeah. And and you take not really Clue, but just like a classic murder mystery, you kind of throw them together. Like if Downton Abbey had a murder. Mm. Well, it kind of did. More of a murder. Yeah. Not <laughs> like, murder like a, enough. A more, mystery, like, a, a more mysterious murder. Like a, like an intentional, we have killed someone not, on purpose Not he does. He does. Awkwardly in bed. In bed. <laughs> and then we have to carry his body out. That's different. I should no. mention at this point, I've also never watched Downton Abbey, so this is all just <laughs> right over my head. I don't have any idea what's going on. You're no. like, and I have no idea. I just, what is I happening? missed out on all the Downton Abbey hype. I don't I'm sure it was great. It was. <laughs> but I think April and I would have liked it better if someone really got murdered on that show. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, um, not die in the war. I feel like maybe in the first episode we we're talking thrillers, we brought up Riverdale. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So oh. I hadn't watched Riverdale at that point. Have you watched it now? But then in that during that podcast, oh I was told I that, that season one was basically you know like a, a murder mystery. It is. Yeah. It is. And that season two was like a serial killer. killer, and it was mm-hmm. like sold. Yeah. And I binged them, and I'm like, yes. The first season is. Delightful. I yes. love the first. It's really, season. really good. And we they, may as well just turn this into a Riverdale podcast. <laughs> I swear, we come back to Riverdale in every episode at this point. It's still good. It Who would really think good. that Riverdale would just encompass every single thing we need? It to really does. It has every genre that you could ever want all in one show. <laughs> it's great. It's got romance. It's perfect for everyone. It's got the nostalgia kick without being super old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's really fun. The first season, particularly, I think, I think it, it's all the right notes. Oh, it's. Perfect. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love, I, when it first came on, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> For those this. of you who haven't watched the first season of Riverdale, um, it starts with the murder of Cheryl Blossom's twin brother. Yes. Um, and so then, like, the first season is kind of just this standalone story of trying to figure out who killed Jason Blossom. Um, yes. And it's, it's, a, and it's a, and a wild ride. It is. It sure is. <laughs> it's a very wild ride. And when you find out, you're like, what? Uh, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> If you if you read the Archie comics and you see Miss Grundy in the TV show, you might be a little confused because Miss <laughs> Grundy's a little different. Just, just a little. Just a little. Bit. Bit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like, what do you watch it? It's I fun. did. I yeah. did. I loved it because I needed. I needed that. Oh, murder sold. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that we, we've talked about true crime stuff before. We've talked about Michelle Mac- uh, Namros. I can never say her last name correctly. Um, but uh, there was one new podcast that I listened to, which I think would kind of fit um, in the mystery genre um, that I really enjoyed. It was Roots of Evil. Have you listened to that? No. Um, that so it is a podcast. It is a, a companion piece to a series that came out on A&E, I believe. Oh. Um, and it is the true story of George Hodel. Um this Tell us made, more. This is making me excited. I'm getting Tell blank looks. Um, I have something to contribute. Um, so, so yeah, Roots of Evil, um, it is narrated by Raja and, and Yvette, Yvette, Yvonne, Yvette Hodel. Um, and they are the granddaughters of George, Ho- great-granddaughters of George Hodel, who everyone in their family is convinced is the murderer of the Black Dahlia. Oh. Oh, I did hear about this podcast, but Um, I have not listened to it. I believe that Chris Pine is in the TV series, and the TV series is like a fictionalized account of their, uh, so 
I, I was listening to it and I was tweeting about it. And I was just like, I really love this podcast and I need a family tree and like a chart for the Hodel family because it is confusing. There's a lot of them. Um, so the two women who narrate the podcast, their mother, Fauna, was the daughter of Tamar, who is the daughter of George Hodel. Okay. So... Those are the generations, kind of. Those are the main players. I mean, the podcast is them just telling the story, and they've got all of this great audio footage of their mother. She loved to record herself, like, doing interviews and talking because she was adopted. Um, So she reconnected with her mother, Tamar, later in life. Um, And it's kind of the story of Tamar growing up and how she and her brothers were so convinced that their father was Was the murderer. Was he a doctor? He was a doctor, (laughs) yes. I I know the name, um, because that particular... Murder is like so. Oh, it's very bad. famous. Yeah, I mean it's so famous, but it's so. I mean, for that time period, for what happened to her. Oh yeah, is outrageous, and like that didn't. I mean, I'm sure there were other crimes like that, but it was extremely gruesome. Yes. Very gruesome. Yeah, it was very, very gruesome, very high profile for the time when I don't think yeah. that murders were necessarily that high profile. Like gruesome yeah. murders like that didn't happen every day, it's obviously. Like, mm, yeah. Um and so so yeah um it's. They prevent really. They present really compelling evidence. Their brother or their uncle um, is writing a book about it. He's a detective. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he's writing a book about it. He's got all of this evidence. He thinks that his father may have committed more crimes. Um, well, it seems hard to believe that you would just kill you one would person. Just kill this yeah, one and not kill anyone else. Right. Yeah. And apparently, um, there was a murderer in the Philippines, the Jigsaw Killer or something oh, to I that effect. That. And he, George O'Neill, actually moved to the Philippines and started a new family after <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> so, you're so, like, so, so all some, right then. Some really compelling evidence <laughs> that he might be a different serial killer as well. He's long dead at this point, um, and all of them are. Uh, their mother, Fauna, is, has passed away. Tamara has passed away. So it's them, and then all of their mother's siblings um, are kind of participating in this in this podcast and discussing. Did they talk about that? The house, the that really kind of glamorous house that uh, they lived in? They do. I'm struggling to remember the exact... They, they mentioned the name of the house. It's a very famous one. And yeah, yeah George Hodel had named it. And that's why he like lived in this weird hippie commune of like surrealist like yeah. painters and stuff. <laughs> like, and it was like, but he was people. a doctor and he was like in charge of the public health in, in, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles at the time. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. Fascinating. They don't yeah. really delve too much into the, uh, it's, it's more about their family. Mm-hmm. It's not um, really about her. No, no. They don't, they don't really go much into Elizabeth Short, um, right. the Black Dahlia at all um, but it's absolutely compelling um, I want to listen to yeah. it really 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 good um, I will say the last episode is a lot it's a lot the last episode is the the two narrators um, and then all of their aunts and their aunt and uncles in a room just like talking stuff out oh boy Whew, it's a lot <laughs> Their, their family has yeah. been through. George Hodel did a number on everyone, um, even bet. the ones who didn't meet George Hodel. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah, okay. it's absolutely compelling. Would really, really recommend it for anybody who is interested um, in true crime, murder mysteries, uh, that sort of thing. Um, it's It was a really compelling listen. Um, wow. Yeah. I, um, I did <laughs> recall when it came, I mean, I did, because it's recent. It's only been so many episodes, right? That of uh, Yes, I believe the last episode just came out a, a little bit ago. Okay. There's eight episodes total, and I think I believe it's done now. Okay, so eight episode limited run, um, and like I said, it was a companion piece to the the fictionalized account of it. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was really good. I mean, I'm I so feel like it. there's been a few podcasts recently that have been kind of offspring or a couple generations removed of serial killers. Because I listened to one about mm-hmm. the Happy Face Killer, which is yeah. crazy. I listened to that. I haven't and heard about this at all. It's his daughter. Like, he yeah. he murdered, like, eight 
women. Yes. Like, one even in the house that she stayed in with him because she can remember seeing red dots on the ceiling thinking, how did spaghetti sauce get up there? And, I mean, it is the weirdest, creepiest, and, you know, she's all messed up. Yikes. But she, yeah, because she's a journalist. She's She worked in television or something. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, her father w- was a truck driver, and so he would. Oh, oh, I do remember this. I didn't know yeah. it was yeah. a happy face, I don't think. I remember the truck driver thing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it was a podcast. And he would write letters. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I got his name. Um, but yeah, it's a good time if you want to listen to a mysterious podcast. Yeah, there's not so many. <laughs> yeah, ones. there's there a lot of options. <laughs> well, and and I just finished uh, the newest season of Monster. The first season was like the Atlanta child killings, but the second season was about Zodiac, which mm. is another one of those super super popular stories that we all know about, but we have no idea who it is or or right. what really happened. And it's it's such a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. and it's a ama- the one thing I really got from the Zodiac that podcast is the amount of people who are obsessed with the Zodiac. Yeah. yeah. And that, <laughs> it's a I mean, lot. And it's a lot of people. I want to tell you what. I was like, wow. Like, their whole life is Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out the ciphers. And it's, wow. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I, I will say, uh, I was on a forum, like, looking at stuff about Roots of Evil after I listened to it, because that's what you do whenever that's you listen you in. Yeah. You want more. You, you, you dive in. Like, dive into Reddit, you and you're obsessed. like, tell me, what, what does everyone else think about this? Um, and somebody was talking about Steve Hodell, who is the the son who believes that his father was the the uh, Black Dahlia murderer. And he also thinks that he may have done the, the Zodiac killings as well. And every, they were like, hold on, man. Like, he didn't do all of them. Like, he, can't, he can't do everything. He can't, he can't po- kill everybody. He cannot possibly have been every serial killer. Like, slow down. It was like, uh, like, H.H. Uh, H. Holmes was one of the first serial killers yes, yeah. that we know in a, in America. But there's all these theories that he went to England and was Jack the Ripper. I'm like, but I mean, was he? Yeah, yeah. I think that people kind maybe, of get carried maybe away. Maybe just one in one place. Yeah, you know. Like, just, well, there's a big theory though on the Zodiac, right? That they think it's the guy that was a Unabomber or something. Oh, there's discussion yeah. about something like that. Ted's like, I can't think of his last name. Kaczynski. Yes. Mm-hmm. So who knows? He was bananas. You can find a, a lot way. of theories. There's if a you, lot. <laughs> if you know where to look on the internet, Reddit. It's Reddit. Yes. Um, just go to Reddit and. <laughs> Type if you in don't know about a name, it, maybe and check it there out. It is. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any other mystery favorites that we want to throw out? One that I just read um, is actually a collection of short stories by Helen oh Turston. Yes. It's called An Elderly Lady is Up to No Good. That's this a really great title. The <laughs> most, um, I've never been a fan of short stories. I always feel like I'm, I'm, there's not enough. These are wonderful. It's Basically, the opposite of Miss Marple, Agatha Christie's sweet old lady who mm. solves these murders, and an elderly lady is up to no good. She is a cranky, <laughs> hateful oh, lady awful. who she hates everybody and everything. And when someone gets on her nerves enough, they're doing something that's going to impact her life. She kills them. Oh, and it's all right. amazing. <laughs> all right, it sounds crazy. They're but they're adorable, cute stories. And, and you're just kind of like, no, I get you. I feel yeah. At one point, she's in a grocery store, and this teenage 
kid that, you know, is stocking shelves, says something snarky to her, and so she takes a safety pin and jabs him with it, and he yelps. And then, you know, she plays this poor, pitiful old lady to the store owner, and he, like, yells at the kid. And she's like, Got him. And I just, I love it. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's this little, te- like, it's a little teeny tiny book. It's a book. very small book. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, and it's really good. Highly recommend. Yeah, and I still would recommend if you if you do like short stories and you do like mysteries, P.D. James yes does some really great uh, mystery short stories. Oh yeah, that, um, uh, Sleep No More was Sleep a, No More. I loved that collection too. It was, and then she has Mistletoe Mistletoe Murders Mistletoe Murders, which was her Christmas one, um, which both of them are very good. It's, like it's a great stories. way to just kind of, if you're not sure about mysteries, but you're kind of curious, those are great ways to kind of touch in without committing to a whole book. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're short, point. they're well done. And P.D. Um, James was a good writer. They're a little bit funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could have, you could enjoy a cranky old lady <laughs> jabbing people with I know. I mean. <laughs> you gotta love her. I'm not gonna lie. She's kind of my new spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> I think she, she definitely was something else. I will say that. <laughs> so good. Well, and, and the front of the book is like this little cross-stitch pattern. It's, it's oh, super cute. cute. Yeah. You'd have no idea she's this cranky, crotchety old lady. You definitely <sighs> should read it. That's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read more and more broadly, and it's just, it's a work in progress. Absolutely. Especially since I've got a little guy at my house now. And they he's, are time-consuming. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's something. Don't really read nearly as much as I used to at this point, but that's okay. I'll get back to it you eventually. Will. You will. Eventually, I'll get but back to reading. you have a fun... Fun things to do when you get home. It's true, yeah. <laughs> and, it's just, and then I want to sleep. Yes. Yeah, and then there's that, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that wonderful thing I don't know about anymore. Right? Yeah. So before we go, tell us one more time, when can we go to your mystery book club? So Who Done It? a murder mystery book club, meets on the last Tuesday of the month at 6 o'clock here at Northside. Uh, this month, we are meeting, I believe it's April 30th, is, our, is the last Tuesday of the yes. month. And we are reading Home Sweet Homicide, which is... A little bit cozy. Uh, it's an older book that was written in the forties. In the yeah, in the forties, but was recently yeah. reprinted. And oh. it's it's funny because this premise is there is a a lady who is a mystery writer, and it's her three kids that have accidentally discovered a murder, and they're trying to help the police solve it, whether the police want their help or not. Oh, yes. it's and they're throwing a in lot their of own fun. red herrings. Oh, fun. Yeah. Way. <laughs> and and it's based completely on the books that their mom has written. Like, well, in this book, blah 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 blah. So we should do this. That's <laughs> it. It is really cute. And it's really it's 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 been a fun read, and I'm really glad that I kind of stumbled upon yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, so. And we will be back here at Checked Out again next month for our next month of the Reading Challenge. That's right. What do we have next month? Next month is Westerns. All right. So that's, I think, outside <laughs> yeah, of everyone's yeah. comfort zone. Yeah, because I don't know yeah, that yeah, any yeah. of us well, read Westerns. You probably will not but... hear me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we will make sure that we, we read the appropriate Westerns and we are able to talk about what we have read. That's, yes. That's my goal. I want to read a Western. You know what probably will happen is you guys will discuss a lot of TV shows. That's uh, possible. I do love The Quick and the Dead, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know anyone. <laughs> so, uh, Blazing Saddles is Blazing one of my Saddles. personal Blazing favorites. Uh, oh my gosh, Western. I forgot about that movie. That movie is great. Please don't let this turn you off from our Westerns podcast. I promise, we'll read, a, I promise we'll read a Western. We'll have more things to talk about, we swear. Something modern, like, not those. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, April and Jennifer. This was great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.